Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Legends of Next Week. I'm your host, Mary. I use she, her pronouns. I'm Eden, she, her pronouns. I'm Kate, also using she, her pronouns. We are joined this week by another few guests, actually. I'll let them go ahead. I am V, and I use she, they pronouns. And our very special guest this week. Go ahead. I, oh, I, I'm Eric Gao. Uh, pronouns are he, him. And uh, you probably better know me as Mr. Parker on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, we're so happy that you could come and um, talk with us today. It's yeah, I mean, My it's pleasure. Yeah, we were excited, really excited happy to get yes. you after the whole Save Legends, Renew Legends. We really, 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 as I said many times really appreciate you um coming out like the rest of us as legends fans be like yeah the show should come back yeah i mean it's it's an amazing fan base and i mean you all are the reason why i was like yeah i mean what can i do to be helpful because you know canadians were like how can i help (laughs) sorry uh but yeah it's i mean it was a lot of fun to put together uh, some of the things that i got to do for the the renewed legends campaign and like it's still going strong now like the billboards that are out the planes that are flying i mean legends fans are the best fans i think it's just a testament to you know what we we will spend the money and we will put in the effort if you give us the chance to and um, I kind of feel like the WB and that lot might, might maybe take that into account a little more now, hopefully. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll it's definitely being nervous. Space. I'm like, we'll pay for the studio space. <laughs> at this point. Yeah, so I think we can just go ahead and get started. Uh, just like with our kind of basic first question, but it's how did you join Legends Tomorrow? Like how, what was the process in you getting the Mr. Parker role? Yeah, the, it, it was a pretty straightforward, simple process. Uh, I got an email from my agents one day saying, hey, uh, you have an audition for this role on DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, they don't give me a ton of information in the breakdown. Also, sometimes the characters change a bit. So the original Mr. Parker breakdown I think was supposed to be more of a Bob Ross than a Mr. Rogers. Uh, like they're like, oh, there'll be a wig and this stuff and you'll do some painting and things. So the audition ended up being singing a song that they had written the, uh, the, the after five song. And then the, I think I sang another one, which was just like a Mr. Parker made up, uh, Mr. Rogers sort of thing that I ended up doing for the audition and uh, yeah I ended up booking it from the self-tape which was fantastic and that's that's how I that's how I got involved oh my god a Mr. Ross Mr. Parker would have been Bob Ross that would have been fantastic too though <laughs> yeah uh, well I mean it's just sort of this amalgamation of all those sort of early morning or I think they all played in the morning or afternoon I suppose um but I, I don't know if you have it where you're from. Did you have Mr. Dress Up? Because that's sort of our Canadian Mr. Rogers. No. But, uh, I, I see a bunch of people with like, Remember here, we had literally the, um, yeah, Mr. Rogers, Sesame Street, and Ms., uh, Bob Ross, and Electric Company, and stuff like that. 
Yeah. Okay. Heard of all of those. In, in Canada, we had a guy who was sort of our Mr. Rogers. He was Mr. Dress Up. And he was just like this nice older man with glasses. And he would draw pictures and had little puppet friends at the trading post. And uh, all very wholesome sort of things. <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely our Mr. Rogers. So yeah, absolutely. No, we, we didn't have any of that over <laughs> here because um, I'm from England, uh, as you might have guessed. Uh, we didn't have any of that. We had um, lots of different puppets um, on like an afternoon block of kids TV shows. And so we had all sorts of different puppets. We had an aardvark, uh, we had a gopher. Um, we had a, a weird red and yellow thing. I don't think it ever got a proper name. I think there's dogs at the moment. So, um, and then we had just sort of different, um, different double acts. We had like Sam and Mark, Dick and Dom, Anton Deck, who actually became massive over here. So, uh, yeah, it was a bit different for us. So we, yeah, I know of people like Mr. Rogers and stuff, but it never made it over here. So... Did get a Sesame Street though. <laughs> I, feel like I mean, it's it's a staple. Yeah, that one of all of them I knew. <laughs> That's true. I was like, I think everybody got that one because you had Sesame Street and then the Muppet Show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, with the extra Mr. Parker scenes that were posted online, were they written by the writers' room or did you have a lot of room to improv with those? So it's kind of a combo because how it worked for me was I ended up showing up at the studios in Burnaby and uh, was brought in. Uh, it was pretty much the first film TV job I had had. I had like one really short one liner thing on a set once, but it was like an on location thing. And the one thing I found because I come from a theatrical background so like live theater I did classical singing for a while tours that kind of thing so film and tv was very new to me uh and I am used to like oh we'll do a rehearsal we'll talk about it so who is this character but it's one of those things and especially in Vancouver because so much of what we shoot are these CW episodics everything moves really fast they're pumping out episodes so you show up and they're like, okay, do the thing. And it's like, who am I? What, what is happening? And they're like, just do the thing. So what I was given in advance, um, I wonder if I could look it up while I'm here. I'm, I'm going to see if I can talk and look at a phone at the same time. In fact, what I tell all my students and things not to do. Um, <laughs> I get it. But I'm so curious because I haven't looked at it for uh, such a while. And of course, now I'm oh, it's, writing it's, the word yeah, curious yeah. as I'm talking and my yes. brain doesn't work. <laughs> uh, but what I was given was because originally the Mr. Parker material wasn't really a part of the episode. It was uh, when uh, they're because they're watching the TV, they're doing the baby babysitting mm -hmm. uh and it's just supposed to sort of be on in the background and it's kind of like an incidental thing that was going on so all of the things we were shooting was supposed to just be different visual gags uh and then what happened my my sides were just this list of things that mr parker could do it was like a list of suggestions like mr parker packs a suitcase mr parker waters a plant mr parker paints a picture 
So it was all of these different things. Uh, so when I got to the studio, it was, we were on the set. It was the whole Mr. Parker's cul-de-sac set. Uh, and we basically got to just improvise a few things. And the, the first couple takes, I went like super dry with it and was almost like a Bill Nye, like, let's talk about science. Like this was the Voyager spaceship. And if you look at Kepler's laws of planetary motion and uh, Ben, who was the director, sort of came over and was like, yeah, that's, that's good, but maybe something else. Uh, I wasn't entirely familiar with the show at that point. I had binged and watched a bunch of episodes, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to like keep it pretty simple. It sounds like this part is just like an in the background kind of thing. Uh, and then at one point, Mr. Parker just got sad and started talking about the relationship with his wife and like the crew just started like laughing and losing it. And then it was like, okay, so this, this is okay. Um, and then it just snowballed from there. I, I'm sure there's some very depressing things that did not get posted uh, of just these like, tangents and monologues uh so what would happen is uh ben would just keep bringing over these props like okay here's the suitcase or uh go organize these books over here and then it would just be these little bits of this sad morning host guy who's just sort of given up and it was a ton of fun um yeah see i i have it all in front of me let's let's see what 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 did Mr. Parker have to do? Oh, am I, now I got to look, look it up in the script. Okay. Um, if you, if you bear with me, I will, I will find the official list of things if I can. Oh, um, go ahead. We got time. We do have time. Oh, maybe, maybe it's not in here. Maybe that was a different list I was given. Maybe that was a list that only existed on the day. That doesn't sound right. Because yeah, I had the coldest I had the cul-de-sac song. So I guess technically my first day was I had to go into the recording studio and sing the um uh, uh the, the the song because everything on the set is two backtracks. Uh, um yeah, that's yeah, welcome to my cul-de-sac. There we go. Uh yeah, I cannot find this list of things that I've apparently made up in my head that maybe existed on the day or I don't know. Yeah. Um, if, if I find it, I will, I will let you know, but unfortunately I've, I've failed. I failed the fandom. I understand if you don't want to ever have me back. No, it's, never. It's, it's all right. <laughs> I know there was at least like of, of the few that we got to see, there was one, it was just like Mr. Parker packing his suitcase, like sometimes Mrs. Parker goes to visit her sister in Tampa and then he's by himself. And we still yeah. quote that, it's hysterical. Well, what I found amazing was because some of those, I made up these little songs and then like it, after the fact in post, they added music and all of that, which was super cool. Um, <laughs> So, because I, I remember doing it in the moment, I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't sing while I do it because, like, what are they going to do with that? But, like, the the music department for Legends is incredible and amazing in what they're able to do. And when it comes to genres and, I mean, the musical episodes are always fantastic and amazing. Any show with musical episodes, mm -hmm. I'm always super keen on. Uh yeah, they are they are actual wizards and what they do is incredible. 
yeah, I can't, I can't find the list. So, but that's, that's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to move on. I'm going to be present. I'm going to put my phone away. <laughs> See, that's why you sent, you sent questions and I should have came prepared but it just popped in my head it's like oh wouldn't that be a neat thing if we all got to see that's that fine. That's, no. that's okay it sounds like my first day of college <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure that that's everybody's first day of college yeah that that was the bad time I walked to my class I'm like okay so you should have the reading I was like the what <laughs> but anyway um you kind of touched on doing the part, the Mr. Parker scenes. Um, so what are some of your fondest onset memories when working on Legends of Tomorrow? Uh, I'm, it's funny, there's, there's so many that I feel like would seem so incidental. Like there were just really lovely conversations I got to have with people. Yeah, let's, you know what? Usually it's like, oh, this amazing moment that I'm gonna talk about like really small things that were just like, oh. Uh, a really good friend of mine was working on set that day, someone who I'd done a bunch of shows with in live theater. So that was on my first day. Uh, it was a friend of mine, Andy. And it was one of those, like, I was super nervous. I was like, uh, uh, imposter syndrome, I don't know what I'm doing. But then to see a friendly face was just like, oh, this, this is so nice. And it was, he was just super kind. And he'd been working uh, with the production for, I think, maybe a couple months at that point, uh, working with the crew. So got to like chat with him and just feel a bit at home. Uh, just even that feeling was really nice to be able to have that permission to play when it came to the improv and all of that feeling comfortable. Because like I said, he was kind of thrown into things. Uh, I got to see the Wave Rider set, even though I didn't do anything on the Wave Rider because I think I got lost and I went <laughs> into that studio and they must've been shooting other things and I went in and I just sort of looked and there's like this like big charcuterie table I'm like where am I I'm I'm used to like live theater where you like show up at a rehearsal hall and there's sort of like a coffee machine that may or may not work with like powdered milk and then that's all you get and maybe that's just the first rehearsal and unless someone's late and brings donuts that is the extent of it so it's like oh um I'd also never been on a studio set before. So to see things just like up and built is just this like, ooh, moment. Uh, same thing was uh, for the Trapped on TV episode where I just got to walk around and see some of those other TV sets that they built. And because uh, I've worked some set crews in the past for live theater. So to like see the amount of detail they're able to do, I got to hang out just by myself on the... Uh, uh, the the ultimate bud sets and just like on that friend set and like I love friends as well so to see how they built it was like whoa there is so much intricate detail in this and I'm just by myself on like the far end of the studio and they're still like setting things up for the the Mr. Parker thing and I'm just sort of like alone in the studio by myself sort of like singing show tunes because it's like 11 30 at night at that point and everyone's losing their mind I'm just like I have my own little quiet corner and I'm gonna like just poke around this set and be like, oh, this like all this detail and these things. And of course I had like a copy of the script so I could see some of the things that they were going to do later in the week and that stuff. So like, that was amazing. I got to have really lovely conversations with uh, Mark Guggenheim, who's one of the creators of the show. And we just talked about writing and art and school. And uh, he was learning the piano at that point, which was, really neat <laughs> um so we talked about music and uh yeah it's it's funny 
for me, like a lot of those little things are what makes it feel like a little community because it's not I come from like a very live theater background where because we were talking before we started recording about being musical theater nerds and that safe friendly little community and one of the things I love about Legends Tomorrow coming at it as now like a fan who's binged the entire series and all of that and seeing how the fans have come out is this almost theater-like community around it where people are like, oh, I love it. Because if you get a bunch of musical theater nerds in a room being like, oh, what's your favorite musical? Like, oh, I love, I love company. Well, which cast recording is like, oh, I love this. And you can like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, There's just such deep cuts you can do. And I mean, I've, I'm bad at Twitter, but I enjoy reading the content on Twitter. Uh, and seeing all of the supportive things from the fan community and what they connect to. And uh, that, and this, this is still going to be an answer to the question, even though it's not an onset thing. This was a, something that happened after. To see how much the show is meant to so many people, like in terms of representation, like the first ace superhero like on TV is like, that's huge. Like that's such a big thing. And they're also like, yep, that is a thing that exists and we're moving on because this is a show where like people can just be who they are. And how cool that is, is like, yeah, that's that's a neat thing to be a part of. That's, uh, yeah, those, those are the types of things that when I think of legends, I'm like, yeah, that that was, those 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 are the highlights. It's, it's very amazing. much like that in the fandom as well. I um, I did a convention a couple of weeks ago, uh, a Legends convention, well, it was DC TV, but let's be real, I was there for Legends. And the, the fans themselves, there's a community and the way that we all sort of come together and the support that you show each other and these complete strangers, we've kind of taken it from the characters into our own real lives as well. And it was really nice sort of being around my friends who I met through the show, people who like mean the world to me, like these these guys as well as these others. And it's it's something that we have all taken on board as well. And I think that's also really special because you don't get that with a lot of TV shows. I mean, there's fandoms for everything, but I don't think I've been in fandom for like 20 odd years and I don't think I've ever seen anything like Legends. So it's uh, it, it's nice to know that it's like that on set as well as it is for us outside it all yeah everyone i will say like everyone on set from like crew to cast to writers to literally one of the creators of the show everyone would just take the time and chat like i would like uh over at like the sort of crafty cart be talking with like one of the stunt directors and we would just be like chatting about like oh where are you from Vancouver oh what neighborhood is like oh you have kids oh that's amazing and then it's like oh did I see you the last time oh that's really cool and people remember each other and one thing as well uh, is in Vancouver uh because there's certain there's certain like staple series like when Supernatural was on like almost every actor in Vancouver at some point is like oh have you been on Supernatural or when Stargate was on if that was like one of those ones that well, I those yeah, and then 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 it gets impressive because I also know a few people with legends as well. When a show is on long enough, that they'll come back as someone else because like enough time has passed, you can audition again, um, which is super cool. Actually, because I, I, I think even at one point I had a chance just because of the show that Legends was. I don't because there was one episode where they put like an availability check on, but I was filming some other things, 
And I was like, I have no idea if this would be as Mr. Parker or is just something like that was the real cool part about Legend as well. Being like anything can happen. Anything can happen. Like nothing can happen on this show where I would go. Does that does that really make sense? Uh, So watching it, but also from that actor standpoint, it's like, yeah, it's amazing. And actors in the Vancouver community, anyone who gets to spend a day on the legend says like, oh, it was so much fun. Oh, it was such a great time, which is really cool because that's it's not always the case because like as well it's a business it's a job it can be very hard work and depending on sets and the energy it can like you sort of like keep your head down and you do what you have to do but any i mean i was on for two days on set for the legend stuff uh but it was it was a really great time and from what i've heard from others as well it's just been across the board a wonderful experience Uh, I was just going to add in like the, I think you posted this on Instagram or Twitter. I don't remember. Like I wasn't at the convention, but there's like one part where you guys were all like having a dance party and they were playing Charlie's cover of Mr. Parker's cul-de-sac. Yes, yes there were. Which is amazing. I, I do. I, wanna, I, I think I saw that on an Instagram I do want to know they, are, they are planning one for next year. And Rotom has already said, uh, bring, bring uh, Mr. Eric. Can we have Eric <laughs> for next year? I And I, I saw that. And Rotom is great. I'm just yeah. saying. It'd be fun. I mean, if, if people make a request, it is a secret dream of mine to at one point be a person at a convention. I always thought that would be a super cool thing to do because uh, friends of mine who have done that, because I know uh, who uh, I have some friends who are my little pony voices and like they'll do like the pony conventions and things like that or other friends who do, especially like I grew up with sci-fi shows. So for me, that whole fandom everything wrapped up in it i'm also not a huge sports ball person but grew up in like hockey communities and things where you're like yeah that's my team and i'm like i don't have that connection to that event but something like uh yeah something like legends or even i i could just name so many science fiction series that i watch uh it's that i also grew up like very sick as a kid so i spent a lot of time missing school and at home and during the day it was always like the sci-fi shows that were on reruns so that's how i spent so much of my childhood so it's this really cool cozy safe kind of um community and uh knowing that there's the conventions out there where like these people now like we can get together and talk about that thing we may not get to talk about at home is so cool and I would love to get to be around that energy uh right okay so I'm just wondering which actors or characters uh would you have liked to work with as Mr Parker because you kind of closed off a little bit from everyone I think yeah I'm I'm trying to think because uh I think of the wave rider crew at that point the the ones i didn't get to actually work with on the day uh with the trapped on tv was dom and adam where i think not present at all for any of the uh the mr parker stuff because on the first day i was just by myself uh and i didn't get to meet anyone and then for the trapped on tv uh yeah, Gary wasn't there. Because, Mo- uh, yeah, Gary and Mona were like in Loom World. So, like, they were just out of that. Uh, 
I mean, it's not a secret. I think I posted on Twitter a bunch. I'd love to meet Adam and anything Gary Green. I feel like that would be a cool combo. There would. Oh, I feel like there'd the be the right group here because we're, <laughs> yeah. we're green beans. We're Adam yeah. Gary fans. So yeah, we're, you're in the right group. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like there would be a, a lot of opportunity for fun times in a in a that sort of side plot situation. <laughs> So can we talk about this more what would you do with Carrie like if you had like if you had a plot that's actually a fun idea I mean it's it's tricky because it's almost that because legends being what legends is it's that Baskin Robbins problem there's so many flavors I just Mm -hmm. freeze up and I'm like you could do anything there's there is no restriction um I mean I don't know. I also just like improv. So it's that like throwing in a room, somebody name a place and a, a relationship and we'll, we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. So anything, anything. And, and everyone can now headcanon what that would be. <laughs> it makes me think of that Futurama episode, if anyone's seen it, when like the aliens get that TV show from the future that got canceled, but they don't know it's canceled, but somehow Gary's planet has Mr. Parker's neighborhood and that's the only team they have. <laughs> okay, that, okay, that's some headcanon I can definitely get behind. Well, that kind of leads into like my next question is so for thinking and doing like character work and stuff. So what do you think like Mr. Parker is up to now? Is it, we last saw him in Trapped on the TV and Loom World. I mean, it's it's interesting because I like to dive into that message board forum sort of debate of like, what year did Mr. Parker actually exist in? Um, Because like Ray talks about seeing him as a kid. So is he around in 2022? Um, It's, I don't know. I feel like there would definitely have been a falling out with the studio at some point. (laughs) And some sort of really amazing adventure, sort of like behind the music kind of special of either in remembrance of Mr. Parker or um, like what, or how it went down even further. I feel like even in the clips we did, like you see him at a low point, but I imagine there is a spiral that comes after that where everything just unravels and whether or not there is a comeback from that, I don't know, uh, but there's there's definitely like a darkest timeline where either you would watch that and just need to just go eat some ice cream after and just feel better about yourself, or he becomes the greatest villain in the DC universe. <laughs> like that, Please. one of those two options. I like that. <laughs> Mr. Parker is the Joker. I do remember the I, fun stuff. I do remember the VH1 stuff, so that's completely how I... Mr. Parker's Sunset Boulevard breakdown. Behind the smile. What? Mr. Parker behind the smile. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I had to close this. <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm to sip water. That's, that's what we'll all do. We'll all... That's what I've been doing. <laughs> we'll, we'll all drink. <laughs> Later. Which I'm sure there would also be very fun Mr. Parker drinking games as well. Yeah. <laughs> like all during that special. Okay, before Kate goes, there is a pairing that people have come up with with Mr. Parker. And it's Mr. Parker and the cowboy narrator. Just letting you know. 
I know, I know. I've seen a lot of the Mr. Parker cowboy narrator. Uh, it it would be a interesting. I, again, though, I'm always down for anything musical. So I feel like there would definitely be some musical musical stuff going on there. Some songs and things, possibly a collaboration. I'd imagine they would work at the same studio. And if the singing cowboy had a show that either replaced Mr. Parker or something, it would be way more successful and would cause its own sort of existential angst for Mr. Parker. Like he would be the Buzz Lightyear to his Woody, (laughs) except that reverse relationship. So instead of the spaceman being um, completely thrown off by yeah the spaceman would be thrown off by the cowboy in that case that would be but then you know of course in a very pixar way they would end up what inspire you to go into acting um the thing that inspired me was it was something that was always fun and i was a very disruptive child when i was younger in terms of that sort of class clownish sort of way and easily distractible, big imagination. Though I think the the biggest part for me where it was sort of like, oh, this is a thing you can do, was I spent a lot of time in the children's hospital when I was younger. And I remember there was this one nurse who, um, this this will also age me, uh, brought in a VHS of Crocodile Dundee. Of all the movies for like, a seven-year-old kid like it I look back at this and I go like I feel like there's probably some really inappropriate stuff in that there too but um I was having just an awful time and they brought this in and they had like a little crocodile Dundee costume as well um which I'm realizing that's so niche and specific as I'm telling this story that I'm like it, it wasn't even big at that point I don't think like it was an older movie But I remember watching it uh, in the hospital and finding it really funny. And then it was around that time, I think, where it's recognizing like, oh, actors make movies. Like people actually do this. It's not just this thing that exists and they are those people. Um, And recognizing how good that made me feel, even though no one was there. Like I was constantly surrounded by like doctors and things and they would actively have to like, make me feel better and there was that sort of uh healing and there was that sort of um care but then there was this whole other thing that I discovered while I was there watching shows reading books getting to sort of do any sort of like art therapy where like oh this makes me feel so good um even when like basic necessities of health are met that's one thing and it's so important but beyond that general happiness and being able to share that with other people. And since then, um, my journey on that is storytelling and community and like, how do we get to create that? So to have a job where you get to tell stories of just maybe people from different walks of life than you, or maybe even something that really hits home that you haven't had a chance to explore Uh, It's just an incredible job. And I feel lucky every day that I get to do that. That's that's awesome to hear. Um, Yeah. All right. So you've mentioned a lot about what comes for Mr. Parker after we see him. But is there any kind of fun headcanons or background facts that you created for Mr. Parker for why? What like what makes him tick in a way? 
Um, I'm trying to remember the name that I shouted out at one point during one of the improvs. It was during the fish food one and like talking about the fish and like doing like the Aquaman thing. (laughs) And at the end of it, I remember just screaming at one of the crew members and calling him like the produce, like there was some (laughs) sort of relationship that was created just in that moment where it was like doing the fish. He was like, well, that's what you feed us. Like that's, that's, that's what this is, isn't it? And (laughs) there was some sort of like, terrible relationship with like the brass at that company and I just imagined (laughs) what is the show he wanted to make but this is what he does (laughs) and there's something there where I'm like because he's just so profoundly unhappy with everything his work life and his home life and I I don't even think I ever really cracked it but it's like what did he want to do and I think there's almost that um thing with actors where there's like that sort of typecast thing where like maybe this was supposed to be just a gig until you get the next one or whatever um or even just that even more sounds like I haven't found that thing that makes me happy but this is what I do and um so I think for Mr. Parker it's that um that headcanon which is as an actor really fun to explore but sad I I I I mean I love comedy but I also find sadness really funny in a way that if you can laugh at it there is a way that you can process it and I just feel like there's so much that Mr. Parker never got to process um that is a thing almost separate to legends (laughs) and and for me I, I remember when I was sort of like doing prep stuff for the role like all those different things but just coming back to that profound unhappiness uh but I like stories like that because in my head, I do think I like to imagine that would eventually sort itself out down the road. Uh, but for me, I guess just the headcanon of that awful job, awful home life, and like it could turn into a breaking bad situation at any moment. Um, like at one, I don't know at what point in the future, but one day Mr. Parker is the one who knocks. Uh, that that is how I would see that going down, and whether the singing cowboy is his Jesse, I I don't know. <laughs> I have never seen an episode of Breaking Bad, and suddenly oh, I'm very curious now. <laughs> the money hidden in the uh, vents of the uh, Mr. Oh, yeah. Parker no. studio. It's, it's like, I don't know what Mr. Parker is so good at that he could make money, either legitimately or illegitimately. <laughs> but um, I like, would watch the Mr. Parker fly episode. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's like you know that part in the Matrix when like they go into the room where all the TVs are and they find the person like in Legend season eight. They go find who's wherever they've got taken to time jail, and it's Mr. Parker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mr. Parker as the architect. Yes. I also just appreciate how quickly Mr. Parker, who is this seemingly very sweet children's host, can just go dark in an instant. <laughs> and I think just as a character, that's one of my favorite parts is like characters where that can happen where it's like, oh, whoa. That, that as an actor is very nice. I think it's the thing. Yeah, I think it's a thing, though, when you look at a lot of kids' TV stuff as an adult, it is weirdly sinister. I mean, when I'm sort of babysitting yeah. for my uh, 
babysitting with my niece and we've got some of the kids tv shows and you're watching the presenters and you're there thinking there is something going on behind the scenes because there is no way I would be that happy dressed like that repeating the same four words over and over well I mean it's funny it's almost become a trope in its own that sort of dark backstage life because there was that robin williams death to smoochie one that was out and i know uh jim jim carrey did that series i can't remember what it was called uh kidding uh yeah um and i i will say as someone who has done children's theater uh i've i've done a few tours and i uh i'm working with a company right now as well where it's that thing and also people who are teachers will recognize this as well um and especially with early childhood like the teachers are still people it's almost like there was this long time idea of that sort of quiet librarian preschool teacher stereotype that existed it was like no they are absolutely people like everyone else and the comments we make to our fellow teachers and things are shocking only in the sense of like, yeah, you work with kids and things, but like you also still have like adult interpretations and impressions of everything that happens around you. Um, and I love working with kids, but sometimes kids do such bananas things as like, I need to tell someone about this. I need to tell someone this ridiculous thing that happened because also what that kid said is worse than anything I could have said. They just don't know it. <laughs> uh, so there's this whole world around working with kids and it doesn't really get talked about either. Um, like my, my partner, she's a, she's a preschool teacher and just that whole life around that age is amazing, but also like wild at the same time. And also like what you are expected to do as an educator for that age. It's like, it, it, you, you got to process that. There are things that happen on that job where like you, you, you will go home and have a glass of wine or two <laughs> because it's one of the hardest jobs, especially that age, and then throw 20 yes. of them together. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're up. Yeah, I just completely lost where we were. Uh, right. <laughs> cool. So um, I'm going to phrase this in the way that I phrase it at cons now. So there was a Legends Body Swap episode and you got the opportunity to play another character. Who would you want to play? But also, who would you want to see play Mr. Parker? Um, I almost feel like, does he get a bunch of bodies up. I, I, my, my brain always goes to John Constantine um, because I feel like, well, I, there's, there's the writer part of my brain of who wouldn't want to be Mr. Parker. And that's going to be the best dramatic arc in that mm-hmm. sense. And it's either like, um, yeah, it, it, for me, it always comes back to uh, either Matt or Dom in terms of like <laughs> characters who would not want to be Mr. Parker. But I always find with like Dominic's character would just like go and drink beers the whole time and just like take advantage of that where I feel like you just have so much more fun of Constantine trying to get out of it and being in that situation where there's more of a discomfort in that situation um whereas like mick would just be like oh this is awful oh well let's make the best of it um which is a lovely way to be in life of course uh 
probably rob a bank as Mr. Parker, which would be <laughs> fun. But I feel like there's much more interpersonal work for Constantine. Yeah, and also I feel like if Mr. Parker all of a sudden had magic warlock powers, um, that would quickly be taken advantage of. Um, also getting to watch Matt play Mr. Parker would just be a delight. <laughs> It would, it would. That's Absolutely. the episode. That's yeah. the episode. This is why we need season eight so we can get Matt. Yeah. <laughs> so if we got in like a season eight to kind of build off of that, and right. all the legends had like their little therapy sessions with Mr. Parker, like which character do you think would be most fun to have that with? Well, I mean, I always jump to Gary because I feel like any therapy sessions with Gary there's so much to unpack that has not been unpacked even when we were all just suddenly thrown Gary's an alien now and we're all like oh okay yeah that makes sense in that way of like the things that he could probably divulge that you would just go oh okay I guess that is fact where I imagine there's probably a lot of sadness in Gary um his history of pets and partners and just life experience even pre-legends that we would have no idea like even just the race of alien he is if you were to unpack childhood trauma like they already seem like a very interesting culture so i don't i don't know what the equivalent of like like oh my mom lost me at the mall to that planet would be uh, like my mom made all of my siblings and there was like 70 of them or uh, yeah I, I imagine there would be a lot there okay so uh season 10 since we have two teachers here uh what is the one piece of advice you would give to your students oh um and, and this is one of the questions I, I read on the pre-questions, like, that's so hard because I, I also do a lot of, like, private coachings and things. So I feel like the information I get is always, like, unique to each individual person. Um, I think a lot of it comes back to take risks and own your truth in that sense. And it's so – I always find it amazing how even just, like, living in your truth can feel like taking a risk in like today and society and everything else, but just to feel emboldened to, uh, to do that, to be yourself. And sometimes, sometimes that is a risk and that can be a huge risk, but it's so worth it. And all of the rewards you get from that just pays amazing dividends. So be, be yourself, uh, because, you know, there's only one you and, it's uh, especially coming back to art where like that is that is the whole point is you can't be another artist. You can't have another voice. And especially and I'm getting to the age now where I'm just starting to realize it where uh, and I think for a lot of artists starting out is that I want to be blank or I wish my music sounded more like blank. And then getting to that point of like, well, what is my thing? What What is my sound or what is my style so being yourself and doubling down on it i think definitely like as a fellow educator that's 
you're so right when you say that it's about the individual kid and what does each individual kid need to hear that it's hard sometimes to give like a generalized advice statement but definitely yeah because it's hard because like there's all those kids where you're like never be yourself and that's the advice you <laughs> no which is never a thing as an educator we'd never say that to another human it's like voice teachers who I feel like 90% of the job is like sitting down with your, your student going who told you you couldn't sing? Um, and then just breaking that wall down. Uh, and for my musical theater nerd friends, there's the one musical, um, if you're familiar with title of show, which is a really yes. lovely musical and there's a song in it. Um, and there's this line from it where I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. Um, and if you're yourself and you are your own weird, unique, beautiful person you're gonna be nine people's favorite thing and always strive to be nine people's favorite thing as opposed to 100 people's nine favorite thing and also check out the musical title of show if, if that's a new thing for you. that's gonna be the my recommendation uh, especially if you're a musical theater nerd because it's basically a musical about being a musical theater nerd and full of all of the inside jokes mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I have that written down to check out. Um, so you mentioned that you kind of binge watched through all of Legends to get ready for the role of Mr. Parker. Um, so is there a season that you enjoyed the most or do you have a particularly favorite Legends episode or two? Um, I mean, this, this is gonna feel like a cliche, but the Bebo God of War episode that's not is, but also, I also have a personal connection to that because um, uh, young, uh, oh, I'm blanking on name, young Victor Garber, uh, the character, Matt Stein. Uh, Martin Stein? He, Martin Stein, thank you. Uh, so Graham McComb, we went to theater school together, oh, who plays so. uh, Martin, uh, young Martin Stein. And like that whole episode of, because it was also getting through the first two seasons. And like, uh, I also had like two days to prep for the audience. So I'm like, what is this show about? And I was like watching all those early episodes going like, okay, so this is like a serious superhero no, thing, no, no, like lots like, of action. And then getting to that episode and seeing all of that, it was like, oh, <laughs> is this a unique episode? And then I think it was after that, like I jumped forward and went, Oh, so that's what this is. Yeah. Uh, okay. First two seasons were them after Arrow trying to be, uh, you know, the serious <laughs> thing. Yeah. And then once they hit season three, I think they were like, yeah. forget this. And just. Well, when you stop it. trying to be 100 people's nine favorite thing and mm -hmm. like, what do people want a superhero show to be? And then the moment they're like, you know what's funny? You know what makes me laugh? <laughs> a tickle me Elmo death doll that takes exactly. over Western civilization is like, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that's what I want to see. And I think that just harkens back to old school sci-fi, like the Star Treks and the Stargates. And for me growing up, it was always those ridiculous episodes. It's like when Q shows up and then you're like, yeah, what is, like, that has nothing to do with anything, but the one I'm with all the about it. The one is like one of my favorite ones. Well, I mean, like, what was like there was one planet they go to where they're all new york gangsters and then you have to stop and go what is the universal probability that even an accent and a language dialect would be the same across 
a galaxy. Like, but I mean, I I'm also a huge fan of utopian style uh, cinema and television narratives and that. And sci-fi, I think, has such an opportunity. Well, I mean, I feel like sci-fi is the only opportunity to explore that because in human history, spoiler, if anyone's taking history class and be like, I wonder if things were better in the past. No, uh, we have to imagine futures where humans don't suck so much. Uh, and I mean, I, I will say watching Strange New Worlds again and seeing like non-dystopian Starfleet makes me so happy um, because I, I like watching shows where the, the goal isn't let's kick and punch our way to normalcy but it's like what if we made things better um and of course legends being legends messed up along the way which hijinks and hilarity uh but yeah having having content where you get to just what if things were better and mm -hmm. it's a it's a genre that um yeah sci-fi and ted lasso those are your those are your options and um, uh, we'll, we'll give you a recommendation though. Our flags meet death. Oh, yes. oh it's so good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I will say during the entire Save Legends campaign, there were so many times that I wanted to also hashtag save our flag meets death. But I was like, would I be cheating on the fandom? <laughs> um, also, it's like, I have no voice there. I am just throwing into the chasm of just like a random person being like, you know, it's one of the best shows on TV right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so- uh, We're glad you watched doing, it though, so. Okay. Yeah, uh, w when you do the Our Flag Means Next Week uh, podcast, uh, <laughs> bring back, uh, cause yeah, that, uh, that was my favorite show of last year. Um, yeah, we like of, that of and what we stuff. do in the shadows, so yeah. <laughs> um yeah so basically nerd out at this point Ty yeah Taika Utiti and Jemaine Clement um aces in my book but yeah Taika and Reese Darby uh for our flag has been just the most beautiful love story also I think Legends fans should all watch it because to mm -hmm. everyone who posed like you can't have two captains it's like um actually um, Legends of Tomorrow and Our Flagging Stuff, Two Captains is exactly how you should run a ship of um, uh, this, these beautiful rainbow crews. Uh, so to all of the Reddit Legends fans who um, pose like, everything went downhill after season two, and it's like, watch some Legends and Our Flag Means Death and put some love Get in Get back to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, co-captains, uh, queer co-captains is the best new genre to come out of TV um, in like the past five years. Oh yeah. I'm also a big fan of the immortal bisexual, which Legends also basically invented, where they kill, they kill off all their gay characters, well they kill off all their characters at least once a season and then uh, no. just bring them back. It's great. <laughs> which, um, no complaints. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. Keep things fresh. Keep things fresh. This is a nice rotation. Exactly. It's the whole thing about how, oh, this is an impossible mission, we're all going to die, and there's always this magical way out of it, but legends, they just do yeah. die, and then... I, I feel like, back. though, with Gwen, with Gwen, they should, every time a character does get killed off, they should have to come back with a beard. Like, I think that's... <laughs> like, yes. every time uh, Sarah 
because um, what what was it the Franz Ferdinand episode like she just a thicker and thicker beard each time <laughs> are we going like to like, like Star like Trek uh, Mirror Universe now of? should it just be Mirror Universe with Star Trek at this point where everybody just evil has a beard well I, I well I mean yeah it's that sort of like goatee evil Spock situation but I think it should be more mirrored in that Gandalf the white kind of thing where like every time you come back it just is like a thicker beard <laughs> I'm yeah. down with that. Sounds fun. Yeah. I like this. It's <laughs> good stuff. Oh, uh, so were you surprised by the fans embracing Mr. Parker so quickly and so warmly? Absolutely. I mean, like when I got to do the show originally, I was thrilled. Um, but I was also just expecting to be like, oh, I'll do a thing and it, it'll be like... Uh, so in Vancouver, a lot of the roles in Vancouver are the, here's your cup. Okay, so fun fact. The very first, very first film audition I ever had was for Arrow. Um, and it was, I don't even know what episode it was, but it was for Limo Driver. And I still remember the line because it was just like, he's like, get through this crowd. Sorry, Mr. Arrow guy. So blocked up. Like that was the whole, like that was the audition. It was one line. And then my second CW audition was for Supergirl. And the line was literally, thanks, Supergirl. But in Vancouver, that's all you really get to audition for because all the major casting, like anything more than a one-liner usually gets cast down in LA and then they bring Americans up uh, to Canada and then they sort of like flesh out the rest of it. So uh, to, to A, it's been such a huge like honor to get to do acting like for me I always joke with my friends when it comes to film acting is like if I ever get to do a show where I get to look someone in the eye I say something and then they internalize it and then they say it back that's like the best day because it's uh because in theater of course you get to rehearse for a long time you get to have these like deep rich explorations of character where film it feels very like ah oh, you're thrown in uh so for me that's uh like I yeah I I, I like that uh, I'm also realizing I then just talked myself in a circle and I forgot what the original question was so you may have to repeat the question so I can say it properly. It was uh, Fran's embracing Mr. Parker. Fran's embracing, yes. Um, yeah, my point was I never expected Mr. Parker to be anything more than just like if anyone even remembered Mr. Parker, that would have been not a surprise. So it's just a surprise that Mr. Parker is even on anyone's radar um, for me. Uh, so to get to, yeah, contribute has been lovely. And since we're on this subject, we do need to know your favorite musical as musical nerds. <laughs> Man, um, I, I can't pick a favorite musical. Um, I'll just start naming a bunch that are like always on my rotation of musicals that I listen to. So Quartets by Dave Malloy has been one I've been listening to a lot lately. Uh, really cool sort of almost oratorio-esque. I think it's generally done in concert. I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't seen a live production of it. Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. I've realized both those are Dave Malloy. Um, uh, we saw that in, um, in, yeah, we see Natasha and the Great Comet. So good. 
Did you watch it like in that sort of like almost like in the round immersion? I was, I was, was actually the on, the, I was on the stage. I actually, it was after Josh Groban laughed. So the original guy who wrote it was Pierre. Oh, that, that. Yeah, we cool. got to see it with Josh Groban. Yeah, I saw, I saw Josh Groban yeah. while I was over there for my birthday. Um, and I, I was just off the stage. So people were still dancing behind me and I was getting the pierogies thrown at me as well, which was quite, quite delicious. Um, but it was, it was amazing. It, it, it was like the best thing because it's, I love immersion theater. So it's always fun when you get yeah. to be part of it. Um, I mean, Be More Chill is one sort of on my playlist a lot recently. The oh, new God. Oklahoma cast recording um, of that like very twangy country style. Super great. Uh, uh, Pasek and Paul stuff is fun. Uh, one of the first musicals that I listened to that I just got, because uh, I, I grew up doing like music festivals and classical singing and all of that. So it was a lot of Rodgers and Hammerstein, which love Rodgers and Hammerstein. Less so these days. Um, <laughs> but I remember uh, it was in Qualicum Beach, which is on Vancouver Island. Uh, and I was at the local library. I was doing like this summer theater and I found this cast recording of Bounce by Stephen Sondheim, which is one of his least liked commercially yeah. successful musicals. But I remember listening to it and like that horn section in the overture or like just in that opening number is so much like merrily we roll along all that sort of like brass arrangements. Yeah, and I remember- passing, So we, we know about weird. Yeah. And I think I remember like with my disc men sort of like in the library, because what I used to do is I would just go into a uh, library when I moved to Vancouver, it would just like take all the cast recordings out, burn them onto my computer and then put them all back and then like get the scores and read along. And I must've been, yeah, I would have been 16 and I was listening to this cast recording and going like, this is amazing. Like this must be the best musical. Uh, and then thinking like, I don't know who this Steven Sondheim guy is, but like, he's, 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 he's got some good stuff ahead of him. Like, I remember thinking that as I was not realizing that even by that point, he had such a huge body of work. Uh, but I would, um, yeah. So if we're going to do a musical theater deep cuts and you haven't listened to it, try listening to bounce and then the follow-up musical of Roadshow that came up after it, which was sort of the mulligan attempt of uh that story where it's the same story but like entirely different scores some of the same numbers it's it's a cool thing to do i like i like listening to workshop versions of things and then seeing how a show grows it's like that pilot episode they shot of sherlock and then they like <laughs> changed everything and cast new people but it was almost a shot for shot remake and you watch it and go like whoa Look at these tiny little differences. I, I like stuff like that. I, I like small details. Yes. That was like, um, I saw when Beetlejuice premiered at DC, I saw the first performance of Beetlejuice at um, whatever theater that was in Washington. And so like when the cast recording came out, I was like, what are all these numbers that are different but, but than what I saw? The thing about doing, so, I, I saw it twice. The fun thing about seeing Beetlejuice live is literally Alex will change it. And every freaking, he will ad-lib to no end. And it's just fabulous because it's like a different show that he ad-libs every single time his lines. So it's it's funny. I Now, now the original Beetlejuice, was that, in, was that at the Fifth Ave that they did that? Or... 
think so. I mean, it's DC, not Liberty Theater. Oh, Washington DC. Yeah, I saw it when it uh, went I'm for thinking, previews. I'm thinking Washington uh, the State. first time it was there was in, in New York as Winter Garden Theater, and then yeah. they got because yeah. Music Man went there. They're now at uh, the Marriott one. I, I, I'm from New York, so I go to the city a lot for musicals. So yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because uh, when you said Washington, I wasn't sure because I know in Seattle at the Fifth Ave, like I think that's where Mrs. Doubtfire started, and I think there's some shows that kind of out of town there, and. See, I got to get my Nexus card so I can just see more shows in Seattle. Because, um, yeah, and if anyone's on the West Coast, like, go check out the Fifth Avenue Theater. It's uh, really, really good shows. Which now we're, see, now I feel like we're co-opting the Legends podcast to, like, geek out about music. So, it's like, no, like no, someone being like, ugh, talk about well, Legends. No, seriously. Um, no, no, no. We all love musicals, so we're, you're good. We're big musical fans, so. There's a wide variety of tastes in the fandom, and it's fun to just appeal to just think about something other than legends sometimes like find those common connections beyond legends and we've been talking I, I, about a legends musical episode for a very 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 long time anyway we're well, like it's I mean, musical <laughs> i yeah um so start the gofundme I'll, I'll i'll write the score and stuff so just like get people on board for that because what was it there was um the what was the episode I loved? So in Supernatural, when they had like that girls school, yes. Dude, it's, yes, Supernatural yes, music. Yes, and just like the, the cardboard it's cutout different. of the cards singing oh, Carry on my way. Like, that kind I'm of, sorry. I yeah. was a big Supernatural fan, but like, yeah. That was Actually, great. just here, we'll get we'll get the ball rolling because uh, I'm trying to remember which writer said, uh, who was it who did the Twitter post? Like, yeah, I'll do even a radio play of it. It's like, if they want to write the book, I will I will compose a score. Um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the company Geek Enders. They did uh, the Portal unauthorized musical. I think they did some stuff at 54 Below. That was supposed yes. to be the first show I ever did in America in a Aww. concert version of a uh, uh, a Back to the Future mock music. So they do a bunch of fan music. We we're going to do a Jurassic Park and uh, um, Back to the Future, and I was going to do a like I was going to do Marty McFly and then Dennis in Jurassic Park is like a double feature thing. That would have been amazing. But all our visas got messed up oh. or like our passport thing. So it never happened. But oh. I'd never been to New York, but it was like, if my first New York trip gets to be singing at 54 below, that'll be amazing. But it didn't. And I, I worked so hard on my Marty McFly and it's just a sad thing. It didn't work out. I'm sad so that that's, the that's me pining over. Well, it'd be like the army. Wasn't there like an Evil Dead music? There was. Like that. I have done it. I have done that musical several times. Oh, tell me you were um, Ash. Who, who were you? Okay, so I wasn't Ash. I I did the fake Shemp role both times. So <laughs> I got to be like, um, can't you see we'll have a three people thunder that is it? Like the, the moose and the beaver. And I got to play like the flight attendant that... When Cheryl gets her head cut off, I was yes. the body. Um, nice. But I mean, I've all... I've done a lot of the fun fan favorite. Like I've done Rocky Horror a couple times. Like, okay, all those sort of Rocky cults. Horror. So I was Brad in the times that I've done Rocky Horror. Um, yeah, very, very much Brad. Uh, I mean, if we talk about typecasting sort of roles, because I remember when uh, they were auditioning Vancouver, I was on the list for a bit for. Uh, because I kept going out for Book of Mormon and they would keep seeing me for Elder Price. Oh. And like, we'd do the auditions and then they were always like, mm, no. And then at one point I was like, could I audition for McKinley? And they're like, 
okay. So then like saying turn it off, they were like, oh, that's what you do. And it was like, yeah, not really like the male ingenue. Like, give me the weird guy and we'll, uh, that'll work. Yeah. Actually seen Book of Mormon on Saturday, so. Uh, well, I mean, I, I got to yeah, keep doing... uh, I was supposed to like three years ago, my younger sibling uh, bought tickets um, and it's finally happening uh, on Saturday. It's a touring company, so see it in Newcastle, but it'll be good fun, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it, B- Book of Mormon was the first national tour show that I saw in Vancouver. And I got to keep doing the lottery because Hamilton's in town right now. And um, I, mean, I have to yeah, tell but... you, I, I my parents took me, I'll, I'll, I'll divulge my age at 40, to uh, see it. <laughs> Um, I did not get to see the original cast. I got to see another cast, but the guy who played Hamilton was so fantastic. He had like real tears coming down. So you're like, at the end, you're like sobbing because this guy was just so good. Like so good. It, it's a good musical. My parents did not yeah. like it because it wasn't their thing. They did like King George though. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I my, my parents are very similar where they like shows that I'm in. And that's where the list ends because they're super supportive parents. I'm really huge fans of musicals, um, uh, but I'll always try and bring them to shows. Actually, but she's more of my mom took me to see Seven Brides or Seven Brothers ten billion times, so she's oh. from that time. Yeah. She's okay, I I know the the ones that yeah. they're into. That um, yeah, I remember. I, I tried the Scarlet Pimpernel though. That's her favorite one. Is the Scarlet oh, Pimpernel? Wow. Pimpernel's amazing. Yes, it's a um, very good one. I'm trying to think of that number they did at the Tonys for Scarlet Pimpernel. It's like it's like an earworm one. Uh, uh, Madi- the- it was probably Madame Guillotine. That's what I'm thinking. Sing, sing, sing. Don't you don't want to hear me sing? So it's it's all good. It is all good. I remember. Uh, it was I tried probably to that one because that's the yeah. most. I think it was that. one. Yeah, that is a good musical. It's pretty much not really done anymore because it was like just on for that once, but so good. Um, yeah, I took my dad once to see a college production of A Midsummer Night's Dream when we first moved to Nanaimo on Vancouver Island. Um, and he'd never really gone to a play before. And my like 15 year old brain was like, oh, well, it's Shakespeare and Shakespeare's supposed to be really good. And it's a college. They're like an educational place. So obviously they must have the most complete grasp of a Shakespeare production. No. Um, And I felt so bad because also my dad, just like with injuries and things, he doesn't like sitting in theater seats. I think that's always his biggest complaint. And I think of that generation is like, the seats. And it's like, oh. No, they are making Um, the seats smaller. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I I think that turned him off indefinitely from from theater. My dad like my dad does go to theater. It's just they like things like Phantom of the Opera and you know. Yeah. Um yeah, which is which is good stuff. Um fun fact, my 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 old roommate who she was in the episode. See, see musical theater nerds, we're bringing it back to legends. Um Eva Tavares, who uh was in the uh which bullet blonde, the one with the speakeasy, she was one of the musicians. Oh. Oh, cool. On the train, she was the double bassist, but she played Christine in the national tour um, of That's Phantom so of the Opera. He does it right, Incredible. yeah, because yeah. she so, was Aubrey for that. Episode. Okay, yeah. So bringing it back, round circle. It's always musical good. theater legends tomorrow. Everything comes back to legends. Time is a flat circle. It is. 
it's a cul-de-sac that ends in a circle. It's a wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing. Yes. <laughs> Which also, who's excited for the new Doctor Who? Uh, I am like I, I can't. Did, I have to. I have to keep on watching because I stopped at the ninth Doctor, and everybody's like, "You should watch more." Which which was the ninth Doctor? Was uh, that you stopped at nine. Excellent. Yeah, I'm I, I, I don't. I, your voice. I'm sorry. I stopped before David Tennant. I apologize. See that that's like watching Legends for the first two seasons and going like, mm, I know what this show is about. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> uh, um, no, it's so funny because I am a big sci-fi nerd. I watch Star Trek and all that. Also, Start Date. So everybody's like, you should watch this, and I'm like, I just can't get into it. I'm sorry, and I'll try again. I mean, I I stopped after was it Capaldi, and then like. I, he will well, kill you because like she's really good. <laughs> well, I, I saw I saw a bit of Capaldi because I liked him in what was that series, the spin one where he was the oh, uh, uh, the, thick the thick of it, the thick of it. Yeah, the thick of it. Yeah. So like I was like, okay, he's the doctor now. Okay, I'm getting back into it. Uh, but then it's there's so much good stuff. It's hard to keep up with it all. It is. Um, and plus, I feel like Doctor Who's a good one to forget about for a bit and then just like binge it all. True. Um. And plus, I wish I wish shows in North America, even though I'm not big on the holidays, had Christmas specials because, like, I feel like that's the part of the holidays I connect with. Whereas, like, oh, a BBC Christmas special, I'm gonna watch the Ghost Christmas special. I'm gonna watch the Office Christmas special. I'm gonna watch the Downton Abbey Christmas special. Like, you need a Christmas special. Are you like, a ghost every fan? Every good show. Are you a ghost fan? Yeah, the but the, the, the UK. Okay, so the uk one um like i mean even during the whole queen's jubilee i'm i'm sorry if this is i'm not a huge royalist i know we're in the commonwealth and all of that but when uh oh what uh i can't remember the actor's name but he's the the pantless ghost when he came yes, out yes, for like the part yes. is like patting the bear i don't forget you patting the bear you um <laughs> Julian. Yeah, my my landlord, she got me into the UK ghost because I was watching um, the the American Canadian one because it's all filmed in Toronto, yeah. Ontario. Uh, so, but yeah, the the BBC one because oh, other Canadian connected. Well, I'm trying to think of the show. Is it Mace? She played the girlfriend of, and I'm trying to remember her name. Canadian comic. I'm so bad with names that it's usually like, Ugh. Uh, man, what was that show? I, I, I grew up with like BBC stuff. Um, Cause uh, so Qualicum beach where I did a lot of my first theater gigs, uh, huge British expat town. So like black adder and father Ted and like all those shows, Monty Python, like, Monty Python. that's just, like when I would stay with homestays, they would be like, um, like, Oh, what are we watching? I was like, so we're going to watch the television and we're going to watch some Father Ted if you'd like to watch it. They're like, oh, okay. Um, like I literally, my first billet when I did summer theater was in like a British older household, but in like their doll room because they had like a Victorian doll room. <laughs> um, so a whole summer, uh, oh. it was just sort of like, oh, it was a very, it was very British laugh household. laugh at the fact that Legends ended like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I'm like, yeah, which, yeah, he thing. They got yeah. rusted like that. It was which, yeah, very Monty Python. 
I've got. I've actually got a fun fact. Obviously, you mentioned ghosts, and you mentioned the ghost uh, with uh, no trousers in the Paddington sketch. Um, a few years before me, uh, he went to my school. Oh, so very he, cool. He was actually an alum of uh, of my old school. He wrote Paddington Two, which is why he was in the Paddington sketch. Uh, uh, and yes, okay. obviously in Ghosts, fantastic in Ghosts. Uh, Horrible Histories is another one of theirs that's just yeah. absolutely brilliant. Uh, Yonderland, <laughs> I feel like not a lot of people appreciated Yonderland, which was the same bunch of people, but it was a weird fantasy. Oh, I don't know that one. It's it's brilliant. Basically, um, uh, this this woman, she's a, sort of a bit of a bored housewife, and then she finds the entrance to a magical world in her kitchen cupboard. And she goes through and there's all these puppets and these ridiculous characters. And it's it's the same kind of humor. And it is just, it is so good. So if you can find Yonderland, absolutely worth and a watch. Is, is, is that a is that a BBC show? It's it's not BBC, it was Sky, but I think it's on one of the BBC. You should be able to find it somewhere. I'm sure that one of these will be able to find it, but oh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'll I'll have to look into that. Yeah. And see, like, all the guests are now, like, while you're waiting for Legends renewal, it's like, here are some other things you can, you can oh, also 100%. just go, like, That's, how, that's that how we got into, like, well, we're waiting for Legends, let's just watch our, I was the first one to watch Our Flags Meet Death, because I saw it on mm. Facebook, and I'm like, what is this? I like pirate stuff, so I'll just check it out, and yeah. uh, we got sucked in. Yeah. yeah, and and if you're if you're a big fan uh, as well, uh, I think it's Jermaine and Taika, it may just be Jermaine, uh, the Wellington Paranormal yes! is a good one. Yeah. Yes! I haven't watched that one yet, but I do keep meaning it's, to. It's, I try it's out, phenomenal. I watching, yeah, I start watching yeah. it. And I really Alu love it. it. Alu is in it. So. I lived in New Zealand for a little yeah. bit, so I I love watching being able to recognize different things I yeah. see around Wellington. Yeah. New, New Zealand comedy is good comedy. I feel Absolutely. really bad. Because I'm bad at Twitter, I uh, I wrote this big post because I was reviewing a bunch of different screenplays for like a month. My goal was to like read a different screenplay each day for a month, um, and I was doing all these different pilots and things. And I and I tweeted about uh, what we do in the shadows and like this like really long sort of like essay kind of thing, and it got retweeted by Jermaine Clement. Uh, but at one point I said something about that good old Australian humor. Cause like I was writing it like really early in the morning <gasps> and I woke up to like a million replies oh, no. on Twitter being like, we're I from New Zealand. That. I'm like, oh no. And I'm Canadian. So it's always that like American Canadian <laughs> yes! thing. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I know. And it's like, and I know. And the worst thing is like, I know the difference. I know the difference. And I failed. <laughs> no. So. That's that's one of those moments where you just like wake up in the middle of the night and go like, I did that once, <laughs> and it brought shame to my house. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Ooh. It's it's yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, but uh, Jermaine Clement knows I exist, um, and uh, basically that that's. That's good because it will now be my life goal to play young Matt Berry on uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Because also, yeah, oh yeah, for, for, Actually, if you're looking to kill yeah, time, uh, we Toast, of London, Toast of London, IP yes. crowd. What was ACBC? Like, if you haven't seen that, musical theater nerds, you got, or what was it? Uh, 
no, not AC, uh, ADBC. Is that what ADBC. it was called? That like, yes. I completely so, yeah. forgot so, about Yeah. So I just always will work on my Matt Barry impersonation and wait for the phone call to go to Toronto. It's funny because we also found out Adam's a fan. So we're like, maybe he'll go on. So you could be on the same episode. That would be yeah. <laughs> yeah. So start a campaign to get Adam and I on what we do in the shadows and we'll carpool <laughs> from Vancouver. Um, I might be getting a young Nandor Lasso now. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll do a Jerry Seinfeld and like we'll, we'll it'll be riding in cars with Adam and I'll just pick Adam up <laughs> and we'll drive around Vancouver and we'll make a podcast. Do it, do it. No, but he'll, be the, totally he'll be the only that. guest. Be he'll be the only <laughs> guest. We'll be driving in cars with do Adam. Do it, do it. Uh, but it's like and, it's like uh, yeah. It's like the conversation from earlier. It's like, it's the same, but just with beards to show that time has passed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we'll get like a Letterman beard. Like we, we'll commit. <laughs> Please do that. That's some like ZZ I Top kind of like. If can do this, the fans will love it. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it can sometimes be hard to get attached to us. We're like, is it coming back? No. Yeah. Um, I was I was worried for a while about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel when the pandemic hit because I was like, "Is this next season ever coming?" And, and it did, and then it could breathe. Have Have they actually mentioned yet about our flag means death? Yes, yes season two. Yes, yep. renewed. You're good. We were all oh, waiting, yay. and we're like, "Did we get into season one?" And there's not gonna. And it was like we weren't sure, and then Legends got canceled, and we're like. Please don't cancel another one of her questions. I just need some happy gay content. You're like, <laughs> yeah. They also gave renewed what we do in the shadows for two more seasons. I saw that and I yeah, yeah I'm I'm all about that. Yeah. I'm terrified for baby Colin. <laughs> yeah, I saw the ad, I saw the ad like baby Colin in the club and it was like, whoa. That that's like if if the Ally McBeal baby ever haunted your dreams, <laughs> Baby Colin is gonna be like the follow up act to that. I I hadn't thought of that child in years, so thanks for that. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, I mean, if if they don't get him to dance, to, was it hooked on a feeling? Was that the well, song? I, I don't remember. Um, it was so long ago. I don't yeah, know. but it'll be a missed opportunity if if that does not. If that does not go through. What we do in the show is kind of similar to Legends in a way as well. That it's somehow Legends has that amazing way of making you cry and then making you laugh seconds later. And yes. Colin's death in what we do in the shadows, spoilers, by it the way, is. for any anyone listening. Oh, this that is, is that's a, that's a spoiler. Yeah. Um, that whole moment, because I was there crying, and then Nando puts his hand yeah. through his face and oh! just comes back. Yeah. And it's just Oh, my partner and I, when we watched that, we were both like, oh, like it was such a, because it's one of those shows where like, he's fine. And then that mom was just like, oh, he's oh, not fine. oh <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I, I do love how that show, they will bring people back to like the Baron, for example. And they just, yeah, they, they work something out. So now the Baron is living happily with um, the the old, the original. Oh, like um, the the original, yeah. And the Hellhounds. Nosferatu. Is that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, but it, it's, it's a show. But it Legends just makes me so happy. Legends has done that. Yeah. Where bringing like literally Vandal Savage back <laughs> in Hell, having a Jenga thing with Ray. <laughs> just like, I miss you guys. We well, just you get that closed 
sure or, or like bringing dark back is like legends version it's like yeah so much That's better in legends than he was in arrow oh he was allowed to be yeah. silly well i mean it's it's just that different thing where it's like it in arrows like you exist and you fit that well that's great and they're like bringing the legs like how it's it's the same character but like you just get to if if you if you're surrounded in a world of love and all of that that's the type of villain you could be <laughs> <laughs> okay what is mr parker's villain uh origin story <laughs> um I, I i think it's what we talked about earlier that downward spiral wherever rock bottom is uh it it um probably becomes a Joaquin Phoenix Joker kind of situation in that uh although not my favorite kind of superhero movie I I again I like the more utopian I appreciate dark in a philosophical sense more of a black mirror style dark as opposed to a violence and anarchy it's like nah I got the news for that thank you very much this is why uh, I like the original Batman from the 60s <laughs> though i will say most recent detective batman um i mean not as fun as detective pikachu but detective batman you know it's 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 a, a move in the right direction i think because again you're not punching your problems away he got to solve the crime I think he'd go to therapy. I think Robert Pattinson's Batman would go to therapy begrudgingly. Yeah, he, he, he seems like he would do some work or, you know, he'd probably talk about it. Um, yeah, I feel like that would be that thing where you just keep talking about like I'm looking into a counselor and I, I'm busy because I'm a billionaire and I could solve all of Gotham's problems, you know, responsibly. <laughs> yeah, but again, that is another DC debate. Please leave your comments saying well, Batman's all about punching. Um, no, I want to. I want to see uh, socially responsible Batman. Like yeah. that, Kevin Conroy Batman all the way. Yeah, or there was that comic book one that came out. I want to say recently, but I also know it was like probably years ago, where it was like Joker runs for mayor and he's not that bad and he's that whole thing. I, yeah, oh, but I also feel like. Just like in a Doctor Strange way, which I haven't seen yet, so no spoilers. I feel like of that Batman multiverse, there is a Batman for every personality. But like, there's just... Gotham Batman too. We have to remember Gotham. Batman. Ah! <laughs> like he's good though. That kid, David was great. <laughs> Interesting watching a Batman multiverse movie. Like that could be. They gotta have Batmite, like the little guy that's flying around. I love him. Yeah, he he exists. <laughs> he does because is he like the spider pig of, of the dc universe in that sense i think he's technically from like it's something like twenty thousand years into the future yeah he's an alien it, it like but, gets confused but instead of john mulaney would you get nick crawl to voice him in yes. like whatever thing or um uh oh who am i, I thinking of uh <laughs> He was on Brooklyn Nine Nine and um, uh, Wild Hair. Thank yes. you. And he's doing the new <laughs> Percy Jackson in town. Yes, um, love him. Yeah, that's he literally that's who you would get. I would find this. Do we need to start wrapping up? Or yeah, we we'll, could literally talk forever. But yeah, we gotta get ready for all this stuff too. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you, <laughs> they, they they came for Q and A, and they and if you're still here, congratulations, <laughs> you made it through the we're. We're now just friends catching up at the end and you're welcome and you're a part of the conversation. So now speak into your iPhone or iPod 
anyone have an iPod anymore? Um, and then, yeah, this, this is the interactive part of the, the podcast where people can just start talking about what they like. And we're just going to be quiet for 20 minutes. And now it's your turn to talk. <laughs> if you're in your car, you can begin yelling at your radio. Yeah. It, or you've been yelling this whole time. Being, like, yeah. Talk more. Stop with me. So I guess just as a wrap up, um, would you like to let us know? You said you were working with um, your students. We talked about that. So what are you? What do you teach? What do you teach at a program? Or yeah. Uh, so see now. Now it's been. I don't know if we'd hit record yet. Uh, so I teach at an art center in Vancouver. And it's actually the same facility where they shot High Castle Abbey um, or High Castle Manor. Abbey. Was it Abbey? Abbey. It was Abbey. Okay. Uh, so I teach all different arts, like musical theater. I do, I play piano for choir and different groups, teach acting, and workshops, and film, and all of the things. But uh, I, I was saying before, and everyone got really excited is, uh, since the pandemic, we've started offering a course in Dungeons and Dragons, and I will be spending. So, if you have a child between the ages of wait, 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 in the Vancouver we, area, just I can we do this with you because that would be amazing. I always want to learn. Well, to do well okay. How, how about this? Um, if if you can get me to the Star Fury event, Legend fans, I will run a campaign <laughs> of like a Legend style like. D and D five E mechanics or what's the one? What's I I don't know enough about it. Is it Star or something? Is like the sci fi versions? Yeah, I don't know. If someone from Wizards of the Coast is listening, please leave a comment in he the thing. He I, I am just messaging a friend of mine now to ask her their Star Fury event yeah. at the moment. So I'm just going to message a friend and let her know to yeah. go and ask the. That would that would be. That would be my offering as a type of panel type thing of whether it is with cast members or fans no, this, this or one of each. Cast members, because you know, Gary's a nine nine level wizard warlock. So yeah. <laughs> Adam strikes me as someone who would play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and also Adam, if you're listening, I am getting a campaign together with some teacher friends of mine this summer while my partner is doing Theater Under the Stars in Vancouver, like between the dates of July and August. Um, but oh, the point I was making was, uh, yeah, if you do have a kid in Vancouver um, and you watch Legends, so already actually your kid is going to be into this, um, uh, teaching LARPing for the month of July. Uh, awesome. So it's a nice outdoorsy thing to do. And uh, if you want to talk about finding your nerd culture community family, uh, yeah, put your kid in LARPing and uh, you make good friends. Oh, and also shout out because a friend of mine, um, can I do a plug for something? Yeah, please plug anything you want. I, um, yeah, I have a friend who uh, she is starting a musical theater sleepaway camp in Vancouver uh, in on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, so check out Camp Q, C-U-E, like the theatrical Q. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things like, well, both things. So if they had LARPing or sleepaway musical theater camp when I was a kid, I would have lost my mind. Because um, I had to do like summer hockey camp drill stuff um, and Bible camp. Those were those were the two options. Oh, when I was, no. Which, no offense to either of those things. If Bible camp mm -hmm. and hockey brings you the joy in your community, you stick handle and do all the canoeing um you, you like uh but uh 
for my money, uh, musical theater sleepaway camp and LARPing would have completely changed my social life. But if your home community doesn't have that, do what I did and just join band. Um, that's that's your other option. Because like I, I feel like if you don't have a theater program, everybody's got a band program. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So and- so that's my plug. That's my that's my plug. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm official. Like personal telling us like I want to plug something. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anything you want. But I, I do want to wrap up and say, like I mentioned, we got to interview Morgan Faust and Adam um, a couple weeks ago, and we were asking like, oh, like some of the guest stars, and you you came up as like one of their absolute favorite guest stars. Uh, and- yeah, I, I I saw a panel once, and, and Matt had said like gave a Mr. Parker shout out, and I was just like, oh, because he was so nice on stage. He was just such like a lovely person, and it's weird because like I don't know. I feel like Hollywood has kind of ruined it with every sort of like mockumentary-ish, this is what film and TV is like. I don't know, maybe Vancouver's different. And, um, but everyone is so nice. And the fans, all the fans I've interacted with, everyone is so nice. So stay nice, everyone. Good advice. Very good. I think we're gonna wrap up just for this. This has been amazing and so fun to just talk and hang hey. out. Thank and, you so much for taking the time yeah, out of your day to do so this. this oh, my us. pleasure. It was super fun. And remember, Legends people, uh, keep keep hashtagging Save Legends of Tomorrow. And mm-hmm. uh, if, if you want a fan musical or a D&D campaign uh, at the next events, uh, you know, just spam the people you have to spam to make that happen. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you all for your time. And uh, to everyone listening at home as well. Or in your car. That's where I listen to my podcast. All right. So that's going to do for this week of Legends of next week. Once again, if you want to talk to us, our Twitter handle is at Week Legends and on Instagram, we're Legends of Next Week. Or you can email us at Legends of Week, Legends, Legends of Next of Week. week. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the show. <laughs> Legends of Next Week at gmail.com. And that's going to do it for this week. So I'm Mary. I'm Eden. I'm Kate. I'm V. I'm Eric. (laughs) And we will see you some other week. All right. Bye, guys.